There is one fact about mathematicians that we should all be very pleased with ourselves. We have a branch called game theory, whose roots came from the need to optimize the chances of pulling a date. We've all seen the most unlikely mathematicians, Russell Crowe, in the beautiful mind. How cool is that? There is one slight caveat. Game theory provides the strategy to increase the probability of success, but admittedly from a low level. One has to, unfortunately, interact at a personal level, which is hardly our strong suit. One area of activity that I apply the concepts behind game theory is in auctions. An auction is the fairest framework for the buyers and the seller to reach an agreeable price. The critical component is the competing bidder's capacity to have transparency on a new bid and respond accordingly. Going once, going twice, anyone? It's not theatre, as the media like to make out. It is an important component of the auction activity. The auction design in eBay is fundamentally flawed since it puts a time limit. People can place a winning bid just before the end so that other bidders are, are unable to respond. My son and I made a small profit by buying box sets of the Series 24 and selling them back on eBay after binge watching them. Timing, as in comedy, is everything. The broader financial industry uses a similar auction mechanism to fix prices. The London Metal Exchange conducts what they call rings, where all the traders sit opposite each other with the brokers feeding them orders. The ring lasts only five minutes, of which at first nothing happens. For the last 10 seconds, a flurry of activity and shouting fixes the price for all deals done inside the ring and the broader market, happens to be called the curb. Until recently, stocks and forex trading involved auction-like competitive price mechanism where the market makers compete by providing prices to clients, indicating where they would buy and sell for a block of stock. The client's broker would send out a request for price, or RFP, to the traders at several banks and fill the order to the one with the most competitive price. The RFP mechanism is now only used in some derivatives and trading of illiquid instruments in this now digital age. Trading through placing orders on a matching basis now dominates. The traders enter orders into the system on, of the price and size they're willing to buy or sell. If another order has the best, if an order has the best price and is at the front of the queue, it will immediately match with an opposite order with the same price. Sell orders higher than the best price or buy orders below where the matching happens provides the market depth where they need to execute, somebody needs to execute a large order. The order book's depth has proven a step back compared to a competitive fixed price response to an RFP. The volume of orders and trades has expanded enormously in recent years as banks replace traders with algorithms. Order-driven trading by machines should all be fine, yeah? More orders and trading equals more liquidity. However, the flash crash in 2010 triggered by, and I kid you not, the Hound of Hounslow. Now, for those who don't know Southwest London, to, to drive to Heathrow from central London, you find some lovely village-like areas. Well, you go past them, and just before Heathrow is Hounslow. 
The trader in question used an algorithm that gave the impression that there was significant price pressure from large sell orders in the order book. The algorithm was placing orders with no intention of getting filled. The trader's algorithm will pull the order if it looks like it's getting filled. In other words, the depth of liquidity was an illusion. The trader managed to manipulate the market through false signaling that triggered other algorithms who happened to misinterpret the orders and started to sell, pushing down the price. The subsequent event created a snowball effect, triggering different algorithms that then wiped $1 trillion off the US stock market's value within a few seconds. Chaos ensued with the next hour as warm bodies tried to, to figure out what was going on and pull the plug on their robots. Auctions work as the client has immediate access to liquidity from competing firms with real trade backed, backing the price. The downside is that it can be slow and kind of from another era. Algorithmic trading has been in an arms race to get so fast that many outfits locate themselves physically next door to the exchange, reducing the time the electronic signal reaches them. With so many other aspects of the finance industry, the drive for making a fast buck leads us to collectively forget what it is we are supposed to be doing. Making a two-way price to a client to have on-demand access to liquidity is a cornerstone of a trading operation. As I've mentioned in several podcasts before, is a noble art that has a purpose in society. Writing algorithms that constantly place and pulls orders provides only the impression of available liquidity and therefore has no purpose. By chance, the London Stock Exchange agrees with me. The LSE conduct a 10-minute auction at the start and end of the day. The auction presents a concentration of orders that the adults, such as pension and asset management firms, can access liquidity in size. I think the volume of trade in each period is, is definitely over 9% of the total traded. Critically, companies announce their results before the auction so that there's no surprises during the day. Algorithms look for patterns in human trading behavior. They do not need to think about stocks value or respond to the government's policies. They leave that to humans. The problem is that human activity is in the minority and concentrated in the twice daily auctions. Algorithms are increasingly reacting to other algorithms pattern in a bizarre and increasing puerile parlor game. As with anything built in a black box, people are unaware until it goes wrong. And then, of course, it's too late.